0: Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you.
1: Good morning, everyone. Whether you're online or in Princeton or wherever you are in the room, welcome. Um, It is the rainy season, is it not? My goodness. But you know what? It's 41 days till Christmas. Some of you are struck with fear by that. Some of you with anticipation. Um, how many of you, when you look back, might have? It could be simple. It could be complicated. Uh, but have a favorite gift that you got at Christmas time? Some maybe you have to look back. Maybe to when you were a child. Probably one that you really could remember. Uh, three of us, good. The rest of us, there's going to be prayer ministry after the service. My favorite gift that I uh, that I can remember when I was very young was when I got a gun, not a real one, even though I grew up in areas where that might have happened. Uh, a gun and a silver badge, and and I was a sheriff, and I love that. For some reason, I just wanted to be a sheriff, and I thought it was the greatest thing uh, to be that. The second one that was really important to me was a twist hockey game. And if you didn't grow up in Canada, that might be very strange to you, but it was a... Never mind. Not going to happen. If you don't know it, uh, look it up, twist hockey, not right now, though, um, something like that. I also discovered that Christmases and giving is more important to some people than others. Uh, Most men discover that in their first Christmas that they're married. But giving, some some people love to give gifts. If you're a gift giver, you like giving gifts, just put your hand, wave at me, put it on. You like giving gifts. It's the thrill of the hunt to find the right gift for the right person. I don't know what that's about, but... Some of you love to make the right gift. You've been watching something that that person really, really, you drew their name out of the hat the Christmas before, and, and you couldn't wait, and you're knitting something, or you're you're doing a wood-burning kit. Or, those are the times when wood-burning kits comes out. Every Christmas, they come. But you're whatever. You just love giving gifts. Because giving is one of the ways that we express our heart for somebody. We express our love for someone. And invariably, particularly if it's the right gift... And again, from personal experience, if there's no reaction on the part of your spouse, it might not be the right gift. But, except if it's me, because I've tried to train my family. This is me happy. This is me depressed. This is me anxious. This is me really pumped about that gift. And I'm trying to learn to be a little bit more expressive. But the rest of the people in my family, they are. So I'm learning. But giving is... The way that we express so much of our heart to someone else. It's, it's the way that we could give of our time and our talent and our treasure to encourage and give life to and, and, and lift somebody. And, and not just at Christmas time, but all the time. Giving is also one of the ways that we most look like God. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He sent Jesus Because he's so loved. In other words, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Love invariably leads to some kind of a giving. It might not be uh, a a brand new car, but it might be some time invested. It might be watching someone's kids. It might be an act of service. Who knows what it would be. But love invariably leads to giving. That's how it is, that loving leads to giving. And in difficult times and in challenging times, in times like we are in right now, not just naturally in the dark, but dark in our world and seemingly dark on so many fronts, it can be a time where we might be tempted to withdraw and to to think a little less about giving and think a little bit more about ourselves, to be a little cynical about the future... But God's response to difficulty and darkness was to send Jesus. And in John chapter uh, 1 and verse 5, it says this about Jesus, the light of the world. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can, someone say "Never." never, never extinguish it. It cannot overcome it. It can never extinguish it. Light comes in and darkness goes. And in moments like this in our, in our culture, in our family, in our lives, when things are dark, it's the time to turn on the light. And our response is, as Matthew 5 and 16 says, Jesus said this to his sons, to his sons and his daughters, to his disciples, I should say. In the same way, let, someone say let, that means we allow it to or we don't. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We need to keep doing good because when we do good, when we are generous, we are reminding ourselves that darkness does not have to have the final word. That darkness is not the end of the story. That there is still light that pushes back darkness. That God is working in darkness, that in spite of darkness, that the end is not over, that darkness will not have the final say. And that's why last week where we started our legacy series, where we talk about all the various ways and give testimony of the ways that because of your generosity, because of your giving, that The light is shining in many, many dark places. And in times like this, it's good to remind ourselves that our good works, our good deeds, our investment of our time, our talent, and our treasure makes a difference, whether it's to your neighbor, whether it's to someone in your family, whether it's to somebody outside of your family, whether it's through uh, adopt a school, however it would be, that your giving makes a difference in an incredibly powerful way. Because legacy is about an unchanging mission for an ever-changing world because the same God who sent Jesus sends us into the world. The same God who sent Jesus as the light of the world sends his people as the light of the world because we still believe that Jesus heals. We still believe that Jesus heals families. We still believe that Jesus is pushing back darkness in the world. We still believe that Jesus breaks addiction. We still believe that Jesus, through his church, helps widows and orphans. We still believe that Jesus is about feeding the hungry. We still believe, I would have said amen by now. We still believe that Jesus is about visiting prisoners. We still believe that the goodness of God needs to be shown in the world. And I want to remind us this morning because Legacy is living and doing our part in God's story. Legacy is affecting people we may never meet. It's about healing hurts, it's about meeting needs, it's about making a difference with the good news and the hope that's found in Jesus because Jesus is more than a word. Jesus is not like a good luck charm. Jesus is alive and present and when we call on the name of Jesus maybe you've never called on the name of Jesus. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus but it begins the journey of a life being transformed when we surrender our lives to Jesus. It's as simple as ABC. I don't know where, who this is for this morning. Maybe somebody watching maybe somebody in the room where we acknowledge that we need Jesus, that we're Center, where we believe that Jesus came to die and rose again to pay the penalty for our sins, and I commit to follow him all the rest of my life, and Jesus begins a work in our lives and through our lives, but sometimes when it's difficult in our lives or around us, it can cause us to start to, to live based on what's happening around us. But in these certain times, it can even be scary. But I want to draw us to a passage written by Paul to a local church in a city called Corinth. This Corinthian church had earlier made a commitment to Paul. They said, we're going to be ones that are going to give to the church in Jerusalem that had been experiencing a famine. In other words, they had seen that there was a need and they committed to give. And in this moment, Paul was about to come and visit them and pick up their offering. And here he was, he was reminding them, and how he reminded them was by saying, there's another church that also made that commitment, the Macedonian church, and I want to tell you a little bit about them so that those of us who sometimes might feel like we're limited by our circumstances on how we can give or if we can give might have a different ta- take on it. 2 Corinthians 8, 1-3, Paul said this, now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done Through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it of their own free will. First, that God works through his church. God's kindness is shown through the church, and I'm not talking about an institution, I'm not talking about a building, I'm talking about the people of God. The ones who have been called by God to himself, the ones who have said yes to Jesus, that's the people that God works through in the world. All through history, there have been times and seasons where the church has done terrible things in the name of Jesus, But the true church has always been the one that has been at the forefront in times of disease that has been there. The church has been the ones that have built hospitals. The church has been the ones that started schools. The church was the ones that started orphanages and homes for those that had no home. The church has always been at the forefront of meeting needs because God's kindness is shown best through the church. And it's not somebody else's job, it's not really the job of the government, it's not the job of a parachurch organization although we're happy when either of those get involved, it's ultimately the job of the church to show the kindness of God in the world. And when people think God is angry and mad at them, it's maybe because the church hasn't done enough of a job of showing the kindness of God in the world. And you'll notice something about these people. It says that they were very troubled. It says also that they were very poor. These do not look like the candidates to make a difference in the world. Some of us would say, that, that that's me, Pastor. I'm very troubled right now. I don't know what's going to happen right now, let alone tomorrow. I'm very troubled. Some might say, well, compared to somebody else, I'm very poor. I don't have what somebody else has. And many of us right there can disqualify ourselves uh, from being participators in sharing the good news and the light of Jesus in the world. But let's see what else they were. They were not only troubled and poor, they were, I think it's Franklin up there, they were excessively joyful and they were excessively generous. Yeah, but they were poor and they were going through trouble. That somehow they had this incredible faith in God in the belief that God was for them, no matter what was going on around them, that they were able to be generous and joyful. Paul was setting this church. He's saying, this is the kind of church that is doing this. They were poor and they were in trouble. And he's reminding this Corinthian church you can still be joyful. You can still be generous, no matter what's going on around you, no matter what's happening uh, to you, that God can do something in you and through you that will surprise everybody around you. It's not always easy to be generous in difficult times. But this church, the Macedonian church, shows us that's possible. And then Paul goes on to explain why generosity is a logical response in troubled times. It's a logical response in difficult times. It's a logical response when you don't feel like you have enough. And here's why. Second Corinthians 9, 6 to 11, and we're going to skip verse 9, actually 6 to... So remember this. He goes to tell this analogy. Those... Not many of us plant gardens now, but it was a very common... Uh, I grew up with a large garden that had to be weeded, uh, and you had to weed the garden before you could go to the beach and all that kind of stuff because it was so important to our family to have that food. And so, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a... Everyone say that word? Generous crop. I can always feel in a room when I'm pushing... I'm pushing right now. You must decide, you must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly in response to, or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Some pastor has said, God loves a cheerful giver, but he'll take it from a grump, but that's another story. (laughs) And God will generously provide all you need Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Verse 10: For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. Lost my place. In the same way, when your eyes are adjusting at in your 50 years old. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that, someone say, so that. You can always be generous. You can always be generous. Yeah, but I'm in difficult times, Pastor. You can always Be generous. But I'm poor compared to that person. You can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, this is the beautiful part, they will thank God. Remember what I said at the beginning? God's kindness shows up when we show up. And when we show up, they thank God. There's very little about our effort. Hit the the first uh, point there. Franklin, I think, up there. God supplies the seed. God supplies the seed for you. And the seed is simply whatever resource God has placed in your hand, your time, your talent, your treasure, whatever God's placed in your hand, it's from him. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of light. So God's placed it in your hand. And he, it, it's not just about striving and scraping to get something. God has already placed some seed in your hand. And God expects me to sow my seed. God expects me to sow my seed. Why? Because God multiplies the seed that I sow. One seed, if you had a bag of seed right here in front of me, you could grind it up, and I can remember doing this when I would stay at my grandfather's, we'd grind up oats to make porridge right that day, wonderful porridge, and if you're a, a person from Scotland or your families are, you probably had porridge a lot. And my grandfather, there was a, a, a sack in the shed, and every morning I would go with a hand grinder, and it sounded like I'm from Little House in the Prairie, 1846, like, No. It was only. Never mind. It was so I'm grinding away on that, and that seed came, and it fed me. But if that, if if there was no seed in the ground, there would not. There would soon be no seed to feed me. So it's important that we don't just eat our seed. We have to set some aside to sow our seed. God multiplies because seed in your hands is natural, but in God's hand, it's supernatural. He can bring 30 times, he can bring 60 times, he can bring 100 times. Craig, are you saying give to get? No, I'm not saying give to get. I'm just saying when you give, you get. I don't give to get, but the fact of the matter is that God is faithful and God supplies all my needs according to his riches in glory, that God does exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask, think, or even imagine, and it doesn't mean that I'm going to look out and walk in, get into a new BMW or any of that craziness. I just know this, that I, when I give somehow, God does something in so many areas of my life that blow my mind so many times. He supplied my needs. Sometimes when I didn't think I had enough, when there was just a few potatoes left in the cupboard, food showed up at our doorstep. It doesn't always happen that way, but I've literally been at times absolutely surprised at how God supplies my need. Because when you're faithful to sow, then God can grow. God provides my needs through sowing my seed. God is generous to me, and I can be generous to others. I can be. There's a decision you have to make. And notice what it said. Each of us should decide in your own heart what you are to give. It doesn't say you should decide if you are to give, because that's a natural response of anybody who's in love. And when we love God and we love people, the natural response of our heart is to give. Your only prayer when it comes to generosity is, God, how much? Oh, I can feel it right now. My only prayer when it comes to responding to to give is how much. And sometimes God's number is big and sometimes it's small. I don't know, every one of us, need to listen to the Lord and let him speak. And then we decide not under pressure, not under compulsion, but just motivated by love and listening to Jesus. And then what happens is, I love what it says in verse 11. Can you put verse 11 back up again? There it is. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they... They will thank God that at the end of the day, it's not about the name of Horizon Church. It's not about our name. It's not about saying, wow, look what they did. Look what we did. It's about that when we go and take the gifts into all the places that we talked about last week in our city, that they say, wow, there's a God in heaven that knows and sees and loves me. There's a God who's kind and good. And when we give our gifts locally and we give them regionally and nationally, when we give them all around the world, that praise will go up to God, that people will say, wow, There is, in spite of all the darkness around me, there's a light shining. In spite of the craziness, there's peace. In spite of I don't know what I'm gonna do, God is showing up in all kinds of places. We sow so that they will know. We sow so that others will know. And I'm sure that as you hear what God has and is doing through your generosity both uh, last week and this week. And if you want to go on to our YouTube channel, Horizon Church, you'll see the little uh, stories of God at work, incredibly inspiring and powerful because of the generosity of the people of Horizon Church. And today we're going to keep looking at our regional church plant efforts in Surrey and, and our planting of a campus in Princeton. And we're going to, it's a little bit of a longer video, but if you want to turn your attention to the regional Legacy screen.
2: I love the theme this year for Legacy of Unchanging Mission. When it comes to Legacy, I think that really just encapsules a lot of what I think about when I think about Legacy. Three things tend to come to mind for me when I think about Legacy. Number one is that Legacy is bigger than me. It's bigger than you. It speaks to something that started long before us. For example, my daughter Zoe, who's two years old, she was born into our family There's some Elias and legacies that started long before her that she is joining and being a part of. When it talks about unchanging, you need to understand as a follower of Jesus, we join an unchanging mission that goes back to Matthew 28, 19, to go into all the world and make disciples. As part of the church of Jesus, there's a mission that hasn't changed. And as part of Horizon Church, if you're a part of Horizon Church, you're a part of something that started long before you. What I also think about when I think about legacy is stewardship and responsibility. When I came to Horizon, I stepped into something that was before me, but I had a responsibility to be a good steward with my time, with my talents and my treasure to steward what God was doing today, what God was doing now. You need to understand if you're a part of Horizon Church, you have a part to play. There's a stewardship that is from God to you that's a part of this unchanging mission. Yes, of the Church of Jesus, but specifically as we talk about the mission and the call of Horizon Church. It began, and it's bigger than you, it began before you. There's a part you have to play in stewardship. But what I think about, and when I think about my daughter, my hope and my dream is that the legacy of my life goes long beyond me. And the hope of Horizon Church has always been to make disciples today, yes, but that the next generation would go on and take what we have stewarded now and to go much further than that. The reality today when we talk about the next generation and seeing what we're stewarding today go beyond us is that seven out of 10 students who follow Jesus in high school will actually walk away from Jesus. And as we look to the next generation, the projections aren't any better. But as we look to those 3 students, I find great courage in what causes students to stay with their faith. What causes students to walk out their faith beyond high school? And that's actually one of the four main pillars is a healthy connection to a local church. Why are we talking about all of this? When we look at our regional missions, when we say regionally, how do we reach Surrey? How do we make disciples in BC? How do we make disciples in our nation? The best way statistically, time and time again, shows us the best way to reach unchurched people is through new church plants and new campus plants. And as we look at our regional missions, as we look at our regional strategy to go into all the world and make disciples, partnering with local church plants, planting churches and planting new campuses is one of the best ways we can see that what, was, what we're a part of in our legacy, what was here before us and bigger than us, what we're currently stewarding now, and hopefully what will go on and grow long after we are gone. One of the best ways we can do that in our region is through partner with church plants. And so we're gonna talk a little bit, we're gonna share a little bit of some of the Horizon church plants, churches that have been planted out of Horizon and some of our campuses. You're gonna hear a little bit of an update, things uh, that we can be praying for as well as some stories of God at work. Hindi Christian Fellowship was planted out of Horizon Church by Pastors Shell and Sunila Singh, December 2nd, 2001. Outside of the regular church meetings, they also currently have two radio programs, one which is audio only, which has been in existence for over eight years, and the other, which is newer, is a Facebook Live. One of the things they've been able to see God do through them is supporting churches in Fiji, as well as a church and orphanage in Lucknow, India. They, like many churches, had to stop meeting in person in March 2020 But in August 2021, we're able to restart meeting in-person services. If you're thinking about the Hindi Christian Fellowship, you can pray for Pastor Shell and Sunila for their family, the future of their church, and the people requesting prayer through online messages from all over the world, as well as here in Surrey. November 13, 2016, Pastor Rita Jeet and her husband Yogesh started Way Truth Life Church. Over the past year, the pandemic brought a no-gathering-in-person mandate, yet God's love continued to minister to each member of the church. This church has several members who are not equipped to go on virtual meetings for church service. However, they were visited regularly by pastors of this church in person and ministered through phone calls. Once the in-person gatherings were announced, they all came back to the church bringing new family members with them. Once a month, house meetings resume in various members' homes to reach out to the lost in their neighborhood, the extended family. Thank you, Jesus. One of the specific needs that Pastor Rita asked when we're praying for our church as we look forward to 2022 is that the extended families of church members would be saved, especially those who live in the same household. Also, that as they say, each one would reach one for the year of 2020. The goal and vision of Way Truth Life Church is to reach the lost at any cost. September 29th, 2019, Horizon Church helped Pastor Carl Amuzu plant Fos Church. Being a young church heading into the pandemic was no easy task. Over the course of the pandemic, their community moved online like many other communities did. And in the course of doing that, they watched their community form and reform within the digital and virtual Context: Their community went from being a small missional community in Clayton Heights to a decentralized online community with members participating from as far as Denmark to Mexico to Hawaii. They began to build their team around around where they currently were instead of where they wanted or they thought they would be. And with that began connecting with people in all sorts of different places and their leaders emerge from literally all over the map. Carl is constantly amazed at how God takes what we see as setbacks and uses the space they create to do something beyond what he expected or imagined. They don't know where this expression of community will end up, but for the time being, it's being created in the space of healing and hope for many who would have never stepped in the door of the community in Clayton Heights. As you're thinking about FOSS Church, they would ask for prayer in the areas as they try to look forward to the future as a community and are asking what happens next. How do they stay committed to their values of locally rooted when the community is decentralized and scattered? They have pockets of people in different regions and want to faithfully equip them to be present where they are. So they're asking God to help them create in-person expressions of FOS in different locations they have people. They don't know what this will look like exactly, but we're believing God to give them clarity and favor as they move forward. September 20, 2020, Horizon Church got the privilege of sending out pastors Nick and Sarah Arkley to plant Numa Church here in South Surrey. One of the ways they've seen God at work this year has been through people connecting with Numa, finding a place of belonging, and growing deeper in their relationship with God. One of the comments they recently received was, not a week goes by where I don't see the fruit of the teaching in my day-to-day life. Another person said, I see the change in myself and in my family and it just shows me how much God loves me. Pastors Nick and Sarah have seen spiritual growth in the community and have some great opportunities to invest and partner with other local ministries. In terms of prayer requests, as they look forward to 2022. They would appreciate your prayer for provision of people, both team and salvations, as well as finances. February 2020 was an exciting time for our Horizon Church family, as we saw our very first Horizon Church campus planted in the town of Princeton. Pastors Jen and Praxis Borja moved along with Joel and Fortune in February 2020 to see Horizon Church Princeton planted. While they couldn't open their doors, for the first church service until mid-June, 2021, the team hit the ground running, building relationships and serving Princeton any way they could. For Jen and Praxis, the most exciting thing in 2021 was being able to finally open the doors of our church campus. They're thankful for the people in Princeton who have a history with the church, as well as the new people who've been coming in the doors. They have a variety of ages and they're excited to see who else joins the family this upcoming year. They've seen God at work in building bridges and relationships as they've reached into the community and are excited to keep doing more. As we look towards 2022, we're praying for more people to join the team at our Princeton campus. And through Jesus, see people in Princeton find healing for yesterday, purpose for today, and vision for tomorrow. We're praying that Horizon Church has a greater impact in the town of Princeton. Thank you, Horizon Church, for your commitment to legacy and supporting the unchanging mission of the local church. We are excited to see all that God does through our Horizon Church Plants partnership with other new churches, as well as we prayerfully consider what new work the Lord would have for us in 2022.
1: Wonderful. Isn't that great? That's a lot. So grateful for those that... And Rita and Yogesh are right here in the room, those that boldly go and start new things and are still continuing to contend that. We're so proud of you and so grateful for the work that you do, and we get to partner with you. Uh, our longest global commitment, now we're going to flip to the global, uh, has been to the nation of Nigeria and was pioneered by uh, friends Ambrose and Linda Anyawu who will soon celebrate their 50th wedding anniversary and we'll go for the sake of time right to the video.
0: In the 1970s, Ambrose and Linda Aniawo came to Vancouver to attend Pacific Bible College. In 1978, they were sent as missionaries to Ambrose's native country, Nigeria. They began by rescuing abandoned babies from certain death. And in the past few years, their son, Chigor, and his wife, Pecky, have been handling more of the day-to-day operation of the ministry. Over the past 40 years, despite many challenges and difficulties, Under the Aniawi's leadership, the ministry has grown to be a transformative force for their village and indeed the entire region. There is now an orphanage, a Christian school with 1,400 students, a full medical clinic and a network of life-giving churches. The capacity of the ministry by partially supporting the Anyawus, the rural pastors, the orphanage staff, and the maintenance workers at the clinic.
1: So three primary ways that you're giving helps is through rural pastor support. That's where uh, we support pastors in the rural areas uh, of a number of churches related to the Anyawus. Uh, to enable them to survive so that they can preach the gospel and minister to their church and beyond. Uh, The orphanage staff, if you can put up that uh, Nigeria slide. Uh, We help support the orphanage staff to the tune of about $1,500 a year. These are all per year. And then hospital electricians to keep the power on. Power can be a little bit erratic, so there's some generators and solar panels and various things that are there to do that. So that's the primary ways that we right now support uh, work in Nigeria. And uh, I'm going to move on now. We also began to work in the western region of Ghana. Let's hear that story of Pastor Charles Niani. In the mid-80s, a young
0: evangelist in a village in Ghana came upon an envelope that had the return address to our correspondence Bible school, OGM, written on it. That young man, Charles Niani, wrote to our church and asked for Bible training. Eventually, Charles Niani was brought to Canada and further trained at Pacific Bible College and Trinity Western University. In 1996, Charles returned to Ghana to pioneer a centre of transformation by planting a life-giving church. that church has grown to a network of over 20 churches. There is also an orphanage and a Christian school. On top of that, Charles and his team have started an accredited two-year community nurses training program that sends nurses all over the country. Your giving ensures that this impacting work continues by helping to pay for the orphanage, Pastor Charles, and some personal support for the network of rural pastors.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So thank you for your generosity, those two right there, Nigeria and Ghana, incredible pioneers that just started basically from nothing and with your support and the support of others from this side have done an incredibly great work. Yeah, you can give a hand for that. It's incredible. And in Ghana, we have two primary places that we support. Again, the rural pastor support, which I already explained, for Nigeria, that much per annum. And then helping with uh, some of the expenses for the orphanage staff there as well. Uh, And then many years ago, we had two uh, ladies from our church, Kobe and Diana, who went to Kenya for an extended period of time. And uh, while there, they discovered a need. And not only did they discover a need, but they found out a way to help. Uh, make a difference with that need. So we're going to let them tell you.
3: My name is Colby. Hi, and I'm Diana. Nancy was uh, the pastor's wife that uh, there in Kenya, and her husband got cancer, and he passed away, and she became a widow. And that's really when she started to realize what happens to a widow in Kenya. And that really is a very sad story because no one helps them. And if they have children and they want to remarry, they have to give up their kids. They have to put their children on the street and then remarry. It's a terrible sacrifice. Nancy said, well, the best way you can help is raise money for goats and cows because then the mother gets the milk and also the children get nutrition. Not only do the family get uh, milk, but there's enough to sell. So they make a little bit of money so that they can buy maybe a little bit of what they need. And in Kenya, children have to pay to go to school, at least at that time. And so then they could get school fees so the children could be educated. It was an amazing thing to be able to be a part of Once um, one of the widows is given a cow or a goat, um, the first calf that is born from that, they are requested to give that first calf to another widow that hasn't had a cow yet or a goat. And that way, it's the gift that keeps on giving. There's always a tremendous need for school, raising, you know, getting the kids into the school, and food. You know, we, we think we have we have an abundance, but they they call a little they call an abundance when they have maybe two meals a day. So that's the difference then. And, you know, and and because of the sicknesses and the, the diseases, they often have to pay the doctors. It's not all free, so they have many needs, more than we can ever imagine. We know that in December, there's a ladies' conference for the widows. And one of the things that they like to do is, they like to make up packages with sugar and beans and maybe just some little things for them, like, Um, Honestly, it's very difficult for us to realize, in this country, what one little thing means to someone in a poor country. But I'll just tell you a little story. One time, uh, someone that we knew there in Kenya got a piece of wrapping paper that was shiny, and she was so excited to get it because she was gonna take it home and put it on her mud wall. This shows you that they have so little. And so uh, I pray that your heart will be touched and uh, that, and know how much you're contributing and how mm-hmm. precious it is when you give and how much it means to Nancy. When we hear Nancy say over and over again, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we thank you also.
1: What a great ministry and opportunity! Yeah, not just a hand out, but a hand up. And so, uh, in Kenya, we're going to look to this year buy three goats for about a thousand dollars. Two cows for about $1,800, and that Widows Conference that's happening in December put about $1,000 towards that as well. So those are some needs that we have. Those make a huge difference, as you heard, in the lives of people. Our next partners began their ministry to people with diverse abilities in 2006. The Mugwanya family has a long connection to our church, and we are so very proud of them for the work that they have done, Fra- Francis, Adrian, and their children. Uh, many of you give to and pray for them. And uh, uh, they also have a net- network of other churches that help as well. So we're gonna watch the Mugwanya Uganda video now. Hi, my name is Francis,
3: and this is the Mugwanya family.
0: I'm Adrian, and I'm Anna, and I'm 10. I'm Elijah, and I'm six.
3: Hi, I'm Katerina and I'm Vi. And we serve in Uganda distributing wheelchairs to people who cannot afford them as we preach the gospel to them, but also share the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. This year alone, we've given 600 wheelchairs to people who cannot afford them.
4: To date, we've given over 15,000 wheelchairs to people that can't afford them. So, thank you so much for your partnership with us. Since last year, so August 2020, up to this year of May, May 2021, we were able to do distributions. We were able to serve people because COVID wasn't that bad in Uganda, so we're really thankful that we were able to still carry on our ministry there. Also, as you, some of you may remember, we've been trying to um, hire a physiotherapist. We've been praying for one for about three years, and this year the Lord added a physiotherapist to our team, so we're so excited about that. And also the Lord just provided for us to buy a big truck so we can transport wheelchairs now to the different districts we go to.
3: And you can be praying for the people there, but also for more provision for us as we move around the country, giving wheelchairs and sharing the love of our Lord Jesus
1: Christ. So our goal for this year, for in addition to what many other ministries and people are giving towards them, is to raise $6,000 for the Maguanya family. What a great ministry of putting together wheelchairs. And until you have been there, it's hard to understand how incredibly valuable that is. Literally, people go from crawling around in the dust, having no transport, no way to get around, to suddenly being able to be integrated and be part of society as they should be. Um, moving on to Thailand, we began this partnership last year. You'll notice the word partnership all throughout this. This is a partnership, excuse me, between a Canadian businessman, Horizon Church, and the church in Thailand. It takes around $1,000 to plant a church, and we pay, each pay about a third of the cost. And our shared goal is to see 100 churches planted over three years. It's all right. I think it's amazing. Let's watch this video to see how that happens.
4: This is Dwight Mart here in Chiang Mai, Thailand, and I want to thank the Horizon Church for being a supporter of this amazing movement of the Holy Spirit in central Thailand. God bless. In Thailand, we're reaching the villages to reach the nation. I was born in Thailand and raised by missionary parents, but went to the U.S. to go to college, and after college, started a software business. God pulled my wife and I back to Thailand. I used the gifts and skills God had given me to build a database of every church in Thailand and to be able to track the growth of the body of Christ in this country. You can see here that 95% of the villages in Thailand are still unreached. They have no Christian presence. In 2016, we started planting churches in villages that have never heard about Jesus. We initially planned for a few hundred churches, but God worked way beyond our expectations. And by the year 2020, 1,089 churches were started in a four year period. On average, each one of the house churches we start has 10 believers in Jesus and three of those we baptized. The house churches come and worship together, be in community to study God's word and are missional by bringing the gospel to more and more people. Our church planters are Thai believers who go village to village to share Jesus in villages that have never heard of him. They are not paid to do this. They are volunteers who freely give of their time to tell others about Jesus because they are passionate about their love for him. They are grateful for what Jesus has done for them by giving them, forgiving them of their sins and giving them a new life in Christ. Currently, we have about 400 church planters, but we keep training more. When we go to villages, the villagers respond readily to the gospel because it is truly good news to them. No one has ever gone to their village before to tell them about Jesus, and they are hungry for their answers to their life's problems. We start discipling these new babies in Christ immediately by giving them spiritual milk to drink, by teaching them how to pray. Church planners return each week for about 26 weeks discipling these believers until they are mature in their faith and they understand what it means to be a true follower of Jesus Christ. When there are around 50 villages in an area, we build a mother church that provides a place for additional training. It's a place from which to send others and to reach the next village and sustain the movement. When someone prays to invite Jesus into their life, We record their contact information, their photos, the GPS coordinates where they believed, and begin a recording of their spiritual journey. We do this to track their spiritual growth so that no one is left behind. As I said, our strategy is to reach every village in every province. Even with COVID this year, by next February, we'll have planted 800 house churches in every unreached village in Pichet province. If you want to view their growth on a map in near real time, Note down the link, next slide. But every church planning team has a smartphone app that records information of the new disciple. This list allows us to know where they live and to be able to track their spiritual growth. There are 77 provinces in Thailand. This year, we reached every village in Pichit province. Next year, our goal is Pechabun province. Our goal is to go village by village, district by district, province by province until Lord willing, every village in Thailand has disciples of Jesus Christ worshiping him in those villages. As you can see, this is truly a movement of God. So I wanna say thank you for helping Thai believers reach their villages with the gospel. Thank you for being partners with these Thai believers in planting churches in every village where people have never heard about him. You are making an eternal difference for thousands of Thai people who are coming to know Jesus.
1: Incredible, yeah. So for our part, uh, we're we're working to raise thirty thousand dollars over the next uh, three years. Starting last year, we've we've made one third. We already got up to. I think we're right around the ten thousand dollars that was our goal for this year. And so next year again, ten thousand. But you can see. There's some good fruit of people being reached for Jesus. And what I love about it is it's Thai people reaching Thai people with the good news of Jesus, sharing their story of what God's doing. So whether you are moved by helping orphans or the disabled people with diverse abilities or uh, widows or orphans, or you want to see people one to Jesus locally, regionally, around the world. There is some space. I pray that today that your heart was moved, uh, not just for the sake of, oh, that feels good, but to say, God, what would my part be to participate in that? When I think around that, maybe three or four young adults could get together and say, What would it look like for us to plant a church, to do our $300 to plant a church? Wouldn't that be amazing? And that's a legacy that you may never see this side of heaven, but you will see it one day. So what does it all add up to? Uh, Worship team, you don't need to come today. We're already tight for time. Uh, What does all that up up to? Last week, we talked about local ministry, $50,750. If you want to see what all that goes to, I'm not going to re-preach that. Uh, And the regional to support church plants, recognizing that many of most of them, if not all of them, have their own base of support. We just provide some other things for them. Uh, And then global $57,112 $57,112 for a grand total of $119,862. That's it. That's it. And what, we're, we're not going to take up an offering right now. But I want to remind us that church is not built, as Brian Houston says, this is not built on the gifts and the talents of a few, but on the sacrifices of many. That all of us do our bit. For some of us, $5 is your bit. God bless you. Thank you for that. Thank you for being obedient to Jesus. For some of you, $5,000 is your bit. For some of you, it's more than that. And whatever it is, whether it's your business, whether that's you as a person, whether that's, I don't know, all I'm asking you to do is what we talked about earlier. God's given you seed. Pray about how much He wants you to sow. So, because it's making an eternal difference right now in the world. We're not talking about something that might happen. It is already happening. People's lives are being touched for eternity. People are being fed. People are being supported. People, are... no matter how small it might seem, it makes a difference. It really does. And next Sunday, we're going to have our Legacy Sunday where we give and or pledge. Some of you might say, Pastor, I'm, I'm going to give something next week, but I want to give over the next year, and that's called a pledge. And we don't keep your name and call you and harass you and send collection agencies after you or anything like that. I haven't tried that yet anyway. No, I'm not going to. But honestly, we don't do that. We just want you to think about what would it look like if I planned to give over this next year to to make a difference in the life of somebody else. Maybe you want to give right now, though. Wherever you're watching this or maybe you're in the room, you can give online at horizonfam.ca. You can do e-transfer to giving at horizonchurch.ca if that's your preferred method with a note. You can give in check in person if you're here in the room or in Princeton. There's some giving stations at the back where you can give electronically as well. We have the way to help you give. Because honestly, I love to ask. I do. I love to ask because I know the difference it makes in people's lives. It makes an absolute big, huge difference in their lives immediately and for eternity. David Trueblood once said, it takes a noble person to plant a seed for a tree that will someday give shade to people that you may never meet. Be courageous in the middle of darkness to shine the light and take a risk. You might feel poor, you might feel troubled, but plant a seed. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 11, when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. And I heard in a couple of those people thanking God for your obedience to give and be generous in ways that might be sacrificial for you, that might be difficult for you. But legacy is living and doing our part in God's story, the unchanging mission for an ever-changing world. Can I invite you to stand to your feet? We're going to pray, and then we're going to let you go. Oh, sorry. As well, on your seat, there are these which I invite you to take with you. You can put them on in your Bible to remember what to pray for. But really as well, I want you to be thinking about what you can be giving uh, next week, my legacy pledge, my legacy gift. Um, but there as well, take that with you. There's an envelope if you want to use that either today or next week. Lord Jesus, thank you for the opportunity that it is to join you in the great story of of seeing lives changed. Lord, thank you that the giving of this church has a global impact. It's touching lives in Thailand and Nigeria and Ghana and Kenya and Uganda. It's touching lives in Surrey and Princeton. It's touching lives around the world. And we're so grateful that we get to show the kindness of God through generosity. That the light of Jesus shines in dark places where people are wondering, is there a God that sees and knows and loves them? And thank you that the generosity of this church Shines so that people will see God. Bless us, Lord. Help us to be courageous in in difficult times and to be bold in our sowing in Jesus' name.
0: We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.